Right, well, today's focus is going to be even more so than normal on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the next section that we're coming into in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in my Bible it gives it the heading, Some Will Depart from the Faith. And basically in that section we're going to be warned that, that wherever the truth is flourishing, error tends to raise its ugly head and that will actually cause some to fall away from the faith. But there is one verse before we get into that section. We touched on it last week, but we didn't really get into it. Um, and so today we're going to study just that one verse. Uh, it's about the, ver the, the faith that we hold fast to, right? So if we're being warned not to fall away from the faith and to hold fast to the faith, this is what we hold fast to. And of course, how could it not be about the Lord Jesus Christ? And because today's reading is so long and drawn out, one whole verse, I might just read it myself. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up, in glory. So there you have it, one verse. Uh, but for me today, the, the challenge is going to be knowing when to stop, but I'm pretty sure you'll all let me know when that time is. So when I was a student at Ag College, a whole bunch of us from my hometown of Gundawindi, we all went to Ag College at the same time in that same year. Uh, so most of us, not all of us, but most of us had been in the same school. Uh, some of us had been in the same church, and so we all knew each other pretty well, at least I thought I did. But one day I was talking with, with another lad there who was in my dorm, um, his, and he was, over the years, he'd been a pretty good mate of mine. He'd lived not, not next door, there was one farm between us, so we sort of ride the motorbikes through old mate's property to get to visit the other one quite a fair bit. Uh, but we'd grown up in the same church, the same youth group, we'd been in the same class at school, we'd gone to the same youth camps. So we knew each other pretty well. Anyway, we're talking about God stuff. And my mate said to me on that day, yeah, I'm only a Christian because I was born in Australia and I was brought up as a Christian. And if I was born in the Middle East and my parents were Muslims, I'd probably be a Muslim. And if I was born in India, I'd probably be a Hindu. There's no big difference, it's just the way we're brought up. <laughs> and that's the day that, that, I was really taken aback by that. And that was the day that I realised, I don't think my mate's a Christian. Christianity is not at all a different flavour of the same thing. And it's not at all the product of a nation's customs or culture. Being a Christian is about having an unshakable faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's having this unshakable faith in, in the one who is unique, because he's not just a man, and the one who is supreme and distinct among men. There is only one God. Jesus tells us that. And the only way to God is through the Lord Jesus. So great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. Right, so we've been talking a bit about godliness here. And godliness, the mystery of godliness, godliness 
is essentially following the Lord Jesus Christ. None other, just the Lord Jesus. And in following him, we, we surrender ourselves completely to Jesus and we worship Jesus and only Jesus. Now, in, in the scriptures, when, when it talks about the mystery, um, and it talks about the mystery several times, it might talk about the mystery of the gospel or the mystery of godliness. Now, we're not talking about mystery as in, yeah, I can't possibly understand this. It's more of an unveiling, right? So, you know, you might go somewhere and, the, and there might be a mystery prize, Right, so there's this mystery prize. Nobody what knows what it is. And then, ta-da, it gets unveiled. The, the, and you know what the mystery prize is. It's no longer something you don't know. It's been revealed. It's something which at one time, so the gospel is something at one time had, had mankind universally stumped. What is this thing called godliness? We don't know. But now it's been made known. It once was hidden, but now it's been revealed, right? So ever since the creation of the world, and the same sort of thing that goes on today was happening. The quest for many has been a quest for godliness, right? So some are searching for the meaning of life. And now it's not 42 if you're a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. Um, some are searching for the meaning in life. Some are on a quest for spiritual enlightenment. Some are looking for meaning beyond themselves and, and search deeper into the spiritual realm. Some turn to drugs and hallucinogens to try and connect themselves to something that they don't know. Some dabble in the spirit world, looking for knowledge or power that from where they don't know, but of course we know it comes from demons. Some like to taste various world religions, hoping that they're going to find something that satisfies them. Many like to make up their own religion smoothie. So they take the, the bits that they like from all the world religions, blend them all up together and add a few of their own hopes and dreams and voila, that's what they like to think that godliness is. In our culture, I think it's probably most common where people would say, I believe there's something out there I believe in something, but I don't know what. You know what? We don't have to go down any of those roads. All of those roads, you'll just end up, um, it's a bit like the roads at the moment. You know, <laughs> if you don't know where all the roads are open, all the creeks and rivers are coming up, and you might head down the road and, and you get nearly home. This happened to poor old Andrew and Ellen the other day. They, they got, what, about 30 k's from, from home after coming all the way from the Gold Coast and they just closed the, the road at the Mooney River on the Gundawindi road there. And um, they rang me, how, do we, how can we get back? Well, I think you're going to have to go back to Bunganya, across to Westmar, across to Meandara, to Surat, to St George. 30 or 40 k's from home. And I go hundreds of kilometres to get there. But that's the way some people are with religion and, and looking for godliness. They head off down all of these paths and they get, get themselves down the track and then they realise that they're wrong. And we don't have to do that because the mystery of godliness has been revealed completely and fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to go down any of the roads. The mystery of godliness is revealed in Jesus Christ. 
Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. He. Great is the mystery of godliness. He. This, this should be a bit of a clue. What is this? This is pointing us to who is he? Jesus Christ, of course. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by the angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. This is our Lord. This is the one we worship. He was manifested in the flesh. How can one know God? How, how could we mere mortals ever hope to know and to be known by the God who, who has infinite power, the one who, have created, who created the heavens and the earth, the one who created the whole universe. How, how could we ever get to know him? I'll tell you what, many false religions appeal to the arrogance of man. And their teaching essentially is that, that through certain disciplines and through certain practices that, that you can get more spiritual and therefore you can come to know God. Right? So it's telling me that I can achieve a higher state. I can get a higher state and a higher state until I'm with God. Or some religions, you can keep achieving higher states until you are God. Basically, they're about us bringing ourselves up to God. Let me let you in on a little secret. That's a whole load of codswallop. You can't do it. No one can. There is nothing that a man or a woman can do to bring themselves up to God. Nor is there anything that man can do to bring God down to us. The mystery of godliness is God humbled himself and he took on flesh. Our perfect creator God became a skin bag of meat and bones and bowels. When Jesus was born, we call this the incarnation. God became man. And he didn't only choose to be born and in the most humble of circumstances, he chose also to be executed as the most despised of criminals. But how do we know that this man, Jesus, is God? How do we know that he was something special? And he wasn't just another baby who grew up to be a man. We know this because he was vindicated or justified by the Spirit. Right? That means that he was shown to be righteous by the Holy Spirit. He wasn't a fake. How did the Holy Spirit testify to this? Well, it began well before he was born in the prophecies of old. He was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're told that he would be the righteous one. Um, it was prophesied even more, again, just before he was born. And then when he was born, the angels proclaimed, he is Christ the Lord. Then when Jesus was baptised, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove and landed on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, it happened again. Jesus was there with a few of his disciples and all of a sudden he just became 
bright white and a big bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. But of course, the ultimate vindication, the ultimate justification that Jesus is Lord, the ultimate justification that Jesus is who he says he is, is the fact that he was raised from the dead. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit today, Jesus lives. He overcame sin and death for us. He was seen by the angels. And the angels, they were with him at creation. He created them. Um, the angels were there before his birth. They were there after his birth. They were there again at the tomb after he was raised from the dead. And now... Jesus walks where the angels tread. And our Lord Jesus Christ is high above the angels. He's above the angels. He's more powerful than the demons. Um, angels are mere messages of the Lord. Right? Now, it's interesting. What, what, what would we do if we came across an angel? Well, that depends whether that angel was depicting his glory or whether he's incognito. Right? So we're actually told that in the scriptures that sometimes we entertain angels unawares. Right? So um, Nanny says to us, I, I don't know why you're looking after me like this. And Well, Nanny might happen to be an angel. Who would know? Right? This is what we do. Sometimes we might meet a stranger and, and we're generous to them. Uh, and we're told that we could be entertaining angels unawares. But sometimes an angel will appear in their glory. And what happens when that happens? I'll tell you what, the, all the biblical evidence is most people who encounter an angel in their glory fall down at the feet of the angel and worship the angel. And the angel goes, no, 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 don't worship us. Don't worship us. I'm, I'm just an angel. I'm just a messenger. Worship God. Right? Now, for us, if... if if the natural reaction for man is to worship an angel, but the angels themselves worship God, how much more are we to worship the holy God? He is the one for us to worship. He was proclaimed among the nations. The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is the hinge point of world history. On our calendars today, it's, it's where B.C. and A.D. meet. In 1966, and yes, that's a long time ago, that was even before I was born, 1966, John Lennon of the Beatles fame said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I know that I'm right and I will be proved right. We, meaning the Beatles, we're more popular than Jesus. Now, I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. It's pretty arrogant, isn't it? We're more popular than Jesus. Uh, do the young people even know who the Beatles are? You might have heard of them. Um, the thing is, the popularity of the Beatles is not at all what it once was. Nor do I believe that they were ever more popular than Jesus. They might have been in England, perhaps. 
But the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has been proclaimed among the nations for nearly 2,000 years. And the Christian church has grown and grown and grown throughout the centuries. And don't you believe those who say that, oh, the Christian church is shrinking, that's a load of rubbish. The Christian church is continuing to grow today. And wherever the name of Jesus is proclaimed, people are saved. Men and women, boys and girls are transformed as they commit their hearts to the Lord. And this very day, I suspect there'd be hundreds of millions of people gathering in churches right across the globe, from large auditoriums in cities to, to backyard verandas in the bush. The faithful will be coming together with one purpose, and it won't be to listen to Beatles records. They'll be coming together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And as the name of Jesus is proclaimed today, the Holy Spirit will heal the hearts of the broken and bring joy where there is sorrow. Because he was believed on in the world. And not only was he believed on in the world, he is believed on in the world. And this is the crux of this. As Christians, we don't just know about, we believe on, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you do? When Jesus actually walked this earth, at times his love and his teaching would attract the multitudes, and the tucker at times, would attract the multitudes. But then he'd almost invariably give a hard teaching and he'd gut the church. Well, if you call it a church, gut the gathering. Hardly, all these people would just fall away. When Jesus was nailed to the cross, he was deserted by all but a few women. But when he rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples behind the, those locked doors. And can, can you imagine their astonishment? Can, can, you, can you imagine the joy when Jesus goes, guess who? Uh, ah! It'd be like terrified. But they believed. They saw him and they believed. Poor old Thomas. Poor old Thomas. Why did he have to be the one that missed out? Hey? Forever, he would be continued to be known as the doubting Thomas. You know what? If I was the one that missed out, I'd probably, you'd probably be reading about the doubting Michael. Poor Thomas. He wasn't there the first time that Jesus appeared and he said, unless I get to see it, unless I actually get to stick my fingers in his wounds and put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. But then eight, year, eight days later, Jesus turned up again. And this time, Jesus said to Thomas, here I am, stick your finger here, see my hands, put your hand in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas believed, all right. My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, you've believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Is there anyone here today who has not seen Jesus but believes in him? Stick your hand up if, if that's you. Cool. Blessed. 
blessed. Blessed are those who have not seen Jesus but believe in Him. Do we believe? Do we believe that Jesus lives? See, this is what he's getting down to when we're talking about believes on him. We believe that Jesus lives. Now, some people will tell us that yeah, only, only an idiot or an imbecile will, will believe that sort of stuff. I tell you what, history has a very different story. Some of the brightest minds and some of the most influential figures of history believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And don't just believe that it happened. They believe on Jesus and they have staked their lives on him. Everything they have is for him. And he was taken up in glory. The son ascended to the father. Now, some of us, we might go, oh, that's, that's a bit sad. If only, if only Jesus could be with us now. Exactly. That's the whole point. That is precisely the reason that Jesus ascended to be with the Father. Because if Jesus was still physically on this earth, I wouldn't get a chance to be with him. I wouldn't get a chance to sit at his feet. You know why? Because somebody more godly would be hogging in him. Probably one of you lot hogs, hogging Jesus because you're more godly, right? If Jesus was still physically here, how could we ever get a chance to have our turn with him? And so Jesus ascended to the Father so that he could send to us his Holy Spirit to not just be around us and not just be near us, but to be in us, to live in us and to change us and transform us. In Colossians chapter 1, which we studied not too long ago, tells us that, Paul tells us that this is the mystery that was revealed, right? There's another mystery, isn't it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in us. He is as close as God can be. How do you explain that to someone? I can probably explain it to you because you've experienced it. And once you've experienced that the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, it serves to strengthen our belief. The more and more you live with Jesus and the more that he lives in the, your heart, the more it strengthens your belief. But how do I explain that to somebody who doesn't believe? That the presence of the Holy Spirit we have is because Christ was taken up in glory. We probably can't. But now today, we await his return. The Lord will return to judge the living and the dead. And until that day, we continue to confess Christ. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by the angels. He is proclaimed among the nations. He is believed on in the world and taken up in glory. This is the mystery of godliness. As we live for Jesus as we proclaim Jesus, as, an, as we await Jesus, 
This is how we express godliness in our lives. This is what we stand firm in. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you for your holy name. You are King. You are Lord. You are supreme. There is no other. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet one God. The God who revealed himself in our Lord Jesus Christ. The God who now lives in us by his Holy Spirit. We praise you that you have made yourself known. You are Lord. Amen.